I want to go ahead and jump into the message. Uh, and the message title has not, it's not a secret because it's the title of the series that we're starting. And so I just want you to repeat after me. Say faith. Faith. Say, y'all got to be a little bit louder. This is a small room. I got good acoustics. Say faith. Faith. Ain't. Ain't. A fairy tale. A fairy tale. Faith. Faith. Ain't. Ain't. A fairy tale. A fairy tale. That's why we're using our best grammar today um, <laughs> to uh, share what the, the message series is starting today. And so I'm going to take us to a text because there are like 10 different texts in my head. I'm going to take us to a text. I'm going to read two parts of the same text. We're going to Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. So we're going to Matthew chapter 13. I am, thank you for, thank you for uh, typing it out in the chat that faith ain't a fairy tale. Um, <clears throat> I believe that this series will be a blessing, and I'm going to tell you why once we get into it. But faith ain't a fairy tale. Uh, Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to start reading to verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. There's some explanation of what's happening and then I'm going to skip that part, and then I'm going to go to the direct translation or, uh, or breakdown of the parable that I'm about to read in verse 18 through 23. So, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're going to your Bible on your phone or you got your Bible, say amen. amen. All right, so let's go ahead. Matthew chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Same day meaning he had been teaching in chapter 12 and he says that same day. So that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. That's one through nine. I'm going to skip down to verse 18 to explain what's happening here. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown among, along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the world, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. All right, so that's the scripture that we're focusing on today um, from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23. And the title of today's message is the title of the series. And once again, it is faith. 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 It's faith. 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 A fairy tale. A fairy tale. All right, let's pray. 
Lord God, I want to thank you and praise you for this opportunity we have uh, to come together, to gather in your name. And so what I'm asking for right now is that you would rest on us. I feel you descending on us. I feel you inhabiting this room right now. I pray that you would do the same for those that are watching or listening online, whether they be live right now, whether they listen on the podcast later. I pray right now that this moment would be inhabited by you, that you would be with us, leading us, guiding us, directing us, comforting us, encouraging us, rebuking us, correcting us, doing whatever is needed, breaking it down to us so that we can receive exactly what it is that you have for us. Because we know that there are going to be words that you send to come out of my mouth, but we also know the Holy Spirit will be ministering in between the lines, in between the breaths, in between the sounds that are coming from me, Lord, that you have multiple things that you are trying to communicate, Lord. And we pray that we have an open heart to receive them. It's in Jesus' name that we bless you and pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. So when you hear the term fairy tale, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? Type something in the chat. What comes to mind? Because the first thing I thought was wrong, the first thing I thought was Aesop. But Aesop or Aesop, that's fables, not fairy tales. And so that's a whole different thing. It still starts with F. But then I got into my, my mental, uh, my mental um, bag of stuff that I watched when I was a child. And I started to think, or read when I was a child, or we read at elementary school. And so I started thinking about like the Brothers Grimm, right? Started thinking about... Uh, Hans Christian Andersen. I think he did Alice in Wonderland. I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure, but I know Alice in Wonderland also falls in the category of fairy tales. So if I'm wrong, we'll just blend them together anyway. But because what happens is a lot of the fairy tale knowledge I have, some of it's from reading, but some of it's from movies. All right. It's from Disney movies. Disney has provided a lot of the fairy tale lifestyle um, not fairy type, like what we rate, what raised up and seeing things from this fairy tale perspective. Um, because I don't know about you, but um, there are a few that just stick out as like, yeah, that's absolutely got the characteristics of the feel of a fairy tale. Like Peter Pan. All right, Peter Pan, fairy tale. Um, literally has fairies. You know, the whole brand name Tinkerbell. She's one of the, the I mean, she's more famous than Peter Pan at this point. Um, but then there's like Sleeping Beauty. There's Cinderella. Yeah. What name of another fairy tale? Somebody tell me a fairy tale. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. That's a good one. That's a fairy tale. Uh, fairy tales like there's more. There's, you know, you could even say Aladdin. I mean, it's not from the same. We typically think of fairy tales with European culture, but Aladdin would fit in the same thing. Um, and there's others that would fit in the same way as well. But you t think about these stories and then what's in the stories. Like there's this like common language as far as openings and closings because you got once upon a time, right? And then at the end, it's happily ever after, right? And so there's these things that are happening in the stories. But there's also like this a clear like a clear hero, right? There's always the 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 pure innocent Ariel or um, Snow White or Belle or whoever else it is. Like, there's always this person that is the innocent one who we're rooting for, who something bad is going to happen to, and then they have this victory. There's the villains, and they are clearly villains. It's not ambiguous. Like um, the Lion King's villain is named Scar. He has a scar. He's drawn darker than everybody else. He's not. He's 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 menacing in his look. You've got the the woman. What's the lady's name from Little Mermaid? 
Uh, Ursula, like she's literally an octopus. Like everybody else is pretty little fish with the fish tails. She's got the eight legs. And, and so it's very clear, you know, the witch from with pick a story, uh, Snow White, like they always, they look menacing. Like now they're trying to, you know, make movies out of them, anti-heroes out of Maleficent or whatever. But back then, it's just the good guys, the bad guys, and then your magical supporting cast, your fairy godmother, your fairy, your pixie dust, your walking, your talking little, uh, house appliances, your seven dwarfs, like whatever it may be, like we got this, uh, we were raised on, and we were raised on this fantasy where you've got you or the hero, you got the villain, you got all these magical people helping, and the, 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 the protagonist always wins. Cinderella came out on top, uh, Snow White came out on top, Sleeping Beauty came out on top. There's always a happy ending, there's literally never any battle scars from what they went through. Uh, it's, it's like an episode of old school. Anybody watch Full House back in the day? Full House and that, and they had Fuller House on Netflix. But it, it's like an episode of that. It's like there's never any baggage carried over from one episode to the next. You don't hear about, you know, Sleeping Beauty. Like, did she have any body issues? Like, she was asleep for years. Did she have to go to physical therapy to regain agility? Like, Snow White had this horrible, like, the princess and the frog. Like, Tiana turned into a frog, and she turned back into a person. Did she go to therapy after to deal with the fact that she had become a frog, and, you know, her prince was a frog? Like, th what, there's no baggage. There's no issues that uh, people have to deal with. I mean, the beast was in a cave that whole time. I mean, he was messed up. Uh, and then this woman comes along and then, okay, all of a sudden, everything's all right. She, you know, Aladdin, the whole new world, like they messed up a whole kingdom. Like, was everybody okay? <clears throat> when it comes to fairy tales, um, one of the things we can be sure of is that at the end of it, everything is going to be right in the world, amen? Everything's going to be right in the world. There's not going to be any problems, no baggage, no struggles. The winners won. The losers got what they deserved. And that's it. That's the end. And so why do I, why do I say that? Why do I mention that? Well, and why am I even basing this series on that idea? Uh, here's the reason, y'all. There are a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people that enter into faith in Christ and walk in faith in Christ with their lives on fairy tale mode. Fairy tale mode. Uh, what does that mean? It's like we come to faith and we just believe that all our problems are going to disappear. We believe that everything is going to be easy, like the old Staples easy button. Uh, it's just a big red button. You hit it and all of a sudden things are change. Uh, we, now, we think that we come to faith. I love Jesus now. I got my Jesus lamp. He's my genie. Okay, Jesus, six-figure job. Amen. And we just expect it to happen, right? Jesus, oh, 15 pounds gone. Amen. No? No amen? Uh, we, Jesus, you know, that man, that woman. Amen. You know, we just expect that a, a lot of times when we have this, this immature uh, faith thing where we think that just because we know Jesus, everything is going to be good. There's no issues. 
In fact, a lot of people have a theology that treats the Lord like a fairy godmother. Like, you know, the, the whole point, not the whole point, but one of the major premises when we're dealing with fairy tales is that everything is about following your heart. Everything is about your heart being fulfilled. Everything is about that one person. It doesn't necessarily matter what happens to anybody else unless they're supporting your hero. Everybody else gets everybody else gets God. OK. And so it treats God as this genie, this fairy godmother who's just about our desires. Follow your heart. Do what you want to do. Um, so one of the big things is like your you know true love, true love's first kiss, and it's like it just love solves everything. Wouldn't that be wonderful if love just solved everything? And, and this is the thing. This is when we deal with fairy tale. If we deal with fairy tale faith, people expect that we should move from chapter to chapter unscathed. That there should be no baggage taken from one chapter to the next. That once that chapter of the story ends, it's just happily ever after. They're just good now. There's no change. There's no. There's nothing. There's no struggle in the future. They just live happily ever after the end. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice though? Can you think of any situations where, man, I wish there was a happily ever after the end, and it just flowed? You know, they got a promotion to a brand new job and they lived happily ever after the end. You know, they moved into a new city. They got a new home. They moved into a new neighborhood and they lived happily ever after the end. Don't even it, it doesn't even mention like the fact that they moved into a home, with, you know, in this new neighborhood. And there's these people that they got to meet and get along with. And then they got HOA fees. They don't got HOA fees in the hundred acre wood like they don't they don't have. They don't have, there's a, ah, man, there's just such a, a disconnect from reality. And the truth is we want, we still want it to be that simple. We want it to be that simple. We want it to be, and thus we latch on to teaching that serves the idea that your wish should come true. We latch on to prosperity teaching that teaches that sickness, that's just a lack of faith. Oh, oh, you don't have enough money? Oh, that's just a lack of faith. If you believe, then it's your, it's your right to be rich. It's your right to be fully healthy at all times and never endure sickness. It's your right as a believer. Well, y'all, that's, that's a fairy tale. I hate, I hate to break it to you. If you believe that God's main purpose is to make sure that every financial venture that you take is successful, I'm sorry to break it to you. That's not God. That's a fairy tale. That's fairy godmother. If you think it's God's focus to make sure that the next relationship that you come into is like a fairy tale and sweeps you off your feet, that's not God's focus. If you're if you if you're in a position where you're looking at your future and you have a dream that's captured your heart, it's not God's focus to make sure that your dream comes true. But we live in a culture that teaches the fairy tale. And we live in a culture where Christianity has been corrupted by the fairy tale. And so it's not that God's not good. It's that our expectations of God are twisted. And so when stuff doesn't fit the fairy tale mode, 
We don't know how to handle it. And thus what you end up happening, having happening is a whole bunch of people to give up on God. Now the song says, don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He's able. Right. He's able. He's able. He is able. But we miss a whole lot. One, because we have itching ears. Right. So we we look for, especially now, because you got YouTube, you got you got access to anybody's word, anybody's word. And so we got itching ears. Right. Rather than dig deep into the word of God and submit ourselves to teaching that will mold us deeply and equip us for the work that God has for us. What a lot of us do is we we, we like Google God and wealth and we'll find the teacher that teaches what we want to hear on God and wealth and we'll follow that person because they lead us on the path of our true heart's desire. The fairy tale. Right. The problem with fairy tale faith is it's not strong enough to stand up outside of the confines of a fairy tale. It's not it's not equipped to deal with real life. Can I tell you all something? It's not a secret, but it may feel like a secret. Fairy tale life was never promised. Amen. Amen. Fairy tale life was never promised. In fact, over the last two years. If you've maintained faith that Jesus is Lord and that he is sufficient, meaning he's enough, then there's no way you could have and hold onto a faith that is fairy tale. Because the last two years have not been a fairy tale for anybody. I mean, you go back to the beginning of 2020 and, and all the things that have happened and all the things that have happened to you, to we, to the communities, to the people, and even if you just look at the news. Look at the news today, you'll see. Look at the news yesterday. Look at what's happening in the community. You'll see that there's no room for the fairy tale faith. There's no room to just think that a fairy tale life where once upon a time I was, and then happily ever after I'll be in this space was promised. There's no room for that in real faith walking, mature faith walking. And, and so that gets me back to what I was speaking on in this text about different types of ground based on, uh, I mean, same seed, different types of ground. Okay. So the gospel is an amazing message. In fact, I skipped, I skipped a, a headline here. It says fairy tale life was never promised. You know, it was promised fellowship with God, fellowship with God, connection with God. That was what's promised, not fairy tale faith. Or fairy tale life, but fellowship with God is what's promised. And so the gospel is an amazing message. Can I tell you something though? It's not a one-time message. Some people think that I heard the gospel, I got saved, and that's sufficient. I never need to hear the good news of the kingdom again. But what you don't understand, if you don't have a global grasp on the Bible, is that this whole holy Bible is the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels, but everything in the Bible is about Jesus. And so the whole thing is the Gospel. From cover to cover, it's the Gospel. If I look at the life of Moses, if I look at the life of Job, if I look at the life of David, if I look at the life of Jeremiah, if I look at the life of Esther, if I look at the life of Deborah, if I look at the life of Paul, if I look at the life of Mary Magdalene, at every point, 
I can draw a dotted line back to the life, the principles, and the power of Jesus. Amen? So to think that once you got the gospel, like Jesus is Lord, John 3.16, to think that once I got that, that's all I need, and I don't need to read the Bible no more, I don't need to dedicate myself to the study of the word, I don't need to engage I don't need orthodoxy. I don't need orthopraxy. Okay, orthodoxy meaning right the uh, the the beliefs, the orthodox beliefs, the the standard of beliefs, orthopraxy, the standard of practices that go along with the faith. There, I was watching a video uh, from one of my favorite content creators. His name is Ruslan, um, and he's a he was a rap. Well, he still raps. He's a rap artist initially, but he also is in ministry and he does this YouTube channel um, that really breaks down a lot of different faith things. And he, he's really great for the generation that he's serving. He's probably 36, 37 right now. Um, and, and so one of the things he's been doing is he's been taking uh, controversial theology issues. Now, what do I mean? I'm not talking about uh, I'm talking about like <laughs> the nature of the Trinity and, and making it and not dumbing it down, but making it so plain and calm and to, so that people can understand what has been under what has been passed down from generation to generation. So let, let me help us. Like prosperity teaching um, where God owes us wealth and God owes us money and God owes us happy endings in every chapter. Prosperity teaching is roughly 150 maybe years old. This faith has teachings and essays and letters that are not the Bible that go back over 1900 years. And there was an accepted pattern. They had debates and discussions about what was real about this faith and what wasn't. And we have record of that stuff from the, when there was literally just the Catholic church. Back then that word Catholic meant universal. So it wasn't a denomination back then. It was that everybody that was a believer was on the same accord, whether they were in Africa, whether they were in Asia or the Middle East, whether they were sh shooting in the, uh, yeah, I said Asia, the Middle East, Europe, whether they were pushing towards Europe, um, going west into the Roman Empire, they were gathering in the first century trying to deal with these discussions. They were gathering in the second century. They were gathering for hundreds of years before you even get to say the Council of Nicaea, okay? that's. That's uh, around the time that Constantine decides to make Christianity Rome, the Roman Empire's official religion. But I say all that to say that the, the microwave ideas we have about faith don't hold up snuff against the faith that has been passed down for thousands of years. Uh, and so if we're going to have a faith life that is not poisoned by a fairy tale mentality, then we have to understand uh, what, what it means to be the best ground we can possibly be. And that's, that's kind of my starting point. So let's continue. Um, when it comes to the good news, that God has a good news about whatever subject there is in life, right? There's a good news about marriage. There's a good news about parenthood. There's, you know, there's a good news about finances. There's a good news about career. There's a good news about um, relationships. There's a good news about ministry, church. There's a good news about whatever subject in life that we conquer, not conquer, but uh, have conversations about and deal with. 
And so when it comes to the good news, and when we go back to this text, what I do want us to understand is that at different times, you're different ground for different subjects. Okay? You're not always good ground for the gospel. I'm not always good ground for the gospel. There's always some truth you don't want to hear. There's always something that you're not interested in accepting, no matter how clear it's been as a teaching for 1950 years, for 1970-something years, for 2,000 years. There's always something where you are, if it's your, there's, there's some people here, your finances are area, you fully invested in what the Lord reveals through the whole of the Bible. But when it comes to the subject of patience, you are a rebel, okay? There's some people that have marriage and the ideas of what it means uh, to be a husband or wife. You're, you are submitted to the whole revelation of the word, what the whole thing teaches. But when it comes to what it means to be a friend, you are a rebel, okay? Because none of us has this thing perfect. Not a single one of us. And that is okay because that's distinctly human. What I want us to understand, though, is in order for you to become ground, you got to be self-aware enough to understand where you're not good ground. Because if you don't know where you're buying into the fairy tale that everything's okay, don't, it don't line up with the Bible, but everything's okay, happily ever after, I don't have to pay attention to that at all. That was for that time, not for these times. Any, like if, if we're not self-aware enough to know that we don't have a good biblical financial ethic, a good biblical relationship ethic, a good biblical marriage ethic, a good biblical um, friendship ethic. Like if we if we can't examine ourselves, oh my goodness, if we can't examine ourselves and we are in bad, bad shape, you got to be able to tell where you're weak. Got to, my goodness. Like some of the worst conversations I have with believers are the ones where they don't think that they gotta they, they don't they can't tell me anything wrong that they've done. They, they we're talking about a dispute or an argument or issue, and they a hundred percent of the blame is on the other party. That's fairy tale living. Fairy tales have clear villains and heroes. Life has complications. And so if you're not a person that can say that can look at an area of life. And critique yourself and say, you know what? I could be better in that. I could have handled that better than this. I could have. Then that's an area where you're in rebellion, open rebellion against the Lord. Because there's not a single area, I, I guarantee you, there's not a single area where you perfectly align. And that's okay. I'm not condemning you for that. You know who got condemned because you won't ever be perfectly aligned? Jesus did. Jesus got condemned because we will never be able to be perfectly aligned. What we do is because we want to honor him is I'm not going to get sucked into this fairy tale about a faith that can just make me happy and do what I wanted to do and make me money. Uh, I'm going to submit my life and do my best to make sure I'm good ground in as many areas as I can possibly be. Anybody garden before? Anybody garden before? Y'all city. See, I'm from a country. Country. Not only have I chopped wood and had to carry wood um, because of the men in my family, I had to garden because of the women in my family. And so you may go over to the flower bed and it may be packed 
and hard and got weeds and all types of stuff. In order for that thing to become good ground, you had to put in work. And it's not nice. You might, not only is it dirty, not only is it messy, not only is it tiring, but you might even, if you're talking about rose bushes and stuff, you might get stuck, you might be bleeding. It, it's like real gardening, real yard work, real crop work, it ain't pretty. And so I don't want any of us to be um, messed up in the way that we think about this thing because your discipleship process may be ugly. Your, your, your path to your destiny to become who you're really supposed to be may not be pretty. You may fall on your face. You may have some failures. You may have some baggage. You may need therapy. You may need some help. And that's okay. Can I hear a okay? That's okay. It's all right. So the reason I, 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 I know that we all can relate and resonate and, and some people you may want to, you may not. Is because over this last two years, not only have we had to deal with our individual issues, as a nation, as a community, and as a world, we've had collective trauma, the collective COVID trauma. Whether you've been impacted directly and individually or not, we as a culture, I meaning whether you caught it or not, specifically, if I want to be specific, but all of us have some of that drama all of us have had to deal with shelter in place, stay in the house, uh, stuff shuts down, uh, businesses shut down, you know, wages crazy, um, news just now is starting, well, not just now, over the, you know, since the Ukraine war started, that's been the preeminent headline. But before that, it was, it was COVID nonstop for two years. Who was alive during the early 2000s? Who was alive after 9-11? Do y'all remember what a, like terrorist threat code, like code colors, terrorist threat level orange, like where every day it felt like there was something being talked about about the terrorist threat. And we and it was like the Cold War again. We it was like being on edge all the time because it was always being thrown at you. And so there are a collective of people that have a, a, a degree of trauma from that uh, or or their lives have been informed by that in the same way we have, we have that from this thing we, we're coming out of now, hopefully coming out of now. And so I, I just want to, as I start moving us to a fresh starting point for next week, I want to share, I, I want you to understand that no matter what your complications, whatever your struggles, one, the seed never changed. The good news of the kingdom has always been the good news of the kingdom, will always be the good news of the kingdom, um, and it hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is our perspective. You were struggling before. Things didn't go right before, but COVID added an extra layer, and so the struggle was more intensified. Uh, the pandemic added some stuff. And so I just want us to, to, to recapture that idea, that confidence that God is great. Say, God is. Great. God is great. I want you to say it like you mean it. I want you to think about one area of your life where you know that God has been faithful. One area, just one, just one. I'm not asking you to go through your whole testimony service in your head, but think of one area where God has been truly faithful to you. And I want you to just say it with me one more time. Say, God is great. 
Hallelujah. God is great. He is wonderful. He's amazing. And life still can suck sometimes. It can still be tough sometimes. And so what we need is a better understanding of our faith so we don't fall into fairy tale understanding. So I want you to think about something. Think about when you've been strong in your walk. This is a self-examination. So I can't tell you, yeah, you know, when you was 22 and, you know, you had just got that, you know, first job, you was real strong then. I don't know. You got to know. In your life, when was the time you felt really strong in your faith walk? Now, as you're examining that, I also want you to think about how did that chapter end? Because you're not always strong in your faith walk. I want you to think about what took the steam out of your sails? Like you were sailing, you were killing it. You were fervent for the Lord. You felt great about being a Christian. You felt great about what you were doing. You felt awesome. What stopped you? What changed? Was it your identity? Did your identity change? Did who you are change? Not in your own eyes, in God's eyes. Did that change? Did who you are change? Because your steam left you, because you fell off the track, because you weren't running this fast, because you weren't. Did, did it change? Did your identity change? No, your identity didn't change. I want you to say this. I want you to give the say imago. Imago. Christi. Christi. Imago. Imago. Christi. Christi. That's the Greek for the image of Christ. That's who you are. You're a believer. You're in the image of Christ. You were killed in the flesh, raised to life in the image of Christ. And so you are Imago Christi. Okay. And so as that, as somebody that's made in the image of Christ, remade in the image of Christ, raised to life. What I want you to understand is that when you are flying high and when you are crawling in the depths, there is no difference in your identity. The difference is in your perspective about what you're dealing with in the moment. It is about what kind of ground you are at that moment. Okay, for that situation. Okay, so before I, I jump into back into the text, let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten good advice and taken it? Say yeah. Yes. Have you ever gotten good advice and ignored it? Yes. All right. What's the difference? It's simply perspective. Yes. Right? So, your, again, your identity hasn't changed, but whether you're good ground for that advice is the issue. And so let's look at this. Let's go back to this text. We're only going to look at verses 18 through 23 because that's where Jesus breaks down the parable of the sower. The first, you know, in the, in, in the verses I skipped, Jesus is explaining to his disciples why he uses parables. It's like, well, I'm doing this. You know, people aren't going to understand. It's, it's to fulfill the prophecy. Okay, and so when I look at this and I see this, verse 18, um, I want you to understand that fairy tale faith will have you like seed on the path. Fairy tale faith, like a, a fairy tale faith where you just think, once upon a time, and all, you know, everything's supposed to be wonderful, it'll have you like seed on the path. Let's look at that. Um, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So I want you to read that backwards. What was sown in their heart, the message got to your heart, but because you didn't understand it, it got snatched away. You ever 
heard something from God or from a person of God or from reading the word of God or from listening to a song that speaks of God? Have you ever gotten something that was godly, that was right on time and it was gone? And you didn't know or notice until much later, like that's what he meant. I, I have multiple testimonies where I heard God say something specific and I was like, nah, nah. And I, what happened was I bent it to mean what I wanted it to mean. And then I kept going in the direction I was going. And then weeks later, months later, years later, I, w I understood, oh, that's what you meant. But because my mind was fixated on the fairy tale, the happy ending I desired, that when I heard the good news of the kingdom, the good news about a relationship, the good news about health, the good news about a family member, when I heard... When I was told this good news, this gospel, this truth, I didn't accept it because I didn't understand. And so if you don't understand, then that's one that's an area where you're stuck in this fairy tale mode and the word that's given to you is not effective because of lack of understanding. OK, that's one area. Fairy tale faith. Like thinking that your your faith life should be like a fairy tale uh, will have you being like seed on the path. And not just seed on the path, it'll have you like seed on the rocky ground. So look at the next one. Um, is this the right chapter? <laughs> I was like, did I turn the page? Um, it says, 20, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. All right, this is very specific here. The, the seed that falls on rocky ground um, gives you perspective, it gives you understanding, it gives you revelation, it gives you clarity that is good. And then you try to put it in practice. Anybody? You've gotten a word, you've gotten some truth, you tried to put it in practice. But when putting it in practice became difficult because you were putting it in practice, you fell off. Been there? Amen? Yes. Amen? And, and so uh, I'm going to tell you an area where a lot of Christians fall off here um, is this relationships. We know the truth, we've heard the truth, and sometimes when we're new believers, we'll accept that truth with joy. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be celibate i'm gonna be saved and they start branding t-shirts and doing all this other stuff they start you know they people write books <laughs> uh, in fact there's a dude that wrote a book about christian dating when he was a you know way too young to have a platform and now he's not even a believer anymore because he was this he was this ground he heard the word about holiness and relationships and dating and da 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 all of that he accepted it with joy, ran with it, was promoted and pushed. Like, yeah, go ahead, God. You know, be our flag bearer. But what it says is it has no root. It only lasts for a short time. So for us, we think a short time is a few weeks. A short time could be a few years. A short time could be a couple decades. God's timing is way different than our time. And so what we think is a long time could still be a short time. You could be running that race with joy and then eventually, because the foundation was never right, fall right off. And so, again, it's fairy tale faith. You accept it with joy because, like, yeah, following God's going to be awesome. 
It's going to be great. It's going to take me places. And then when you get to those places, you had to give up who God is to get there. Amen? It's fairy tale faith. It, it'll make you rocky ground. As I, again, I want to emphasize this one more time because this next one is going to be a little bit more broad. The seed on rocky ground, you can only be the seed on rocky ground in areas where you have heard the word and attempted to put it in practice. You've heard what God says. You heard what the Bible teaches. Like, again, it says you heard the word. Okay, When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word. Because of the word. Like when you stand up for what you've been taught, what you believe in, and then trouble comes because of the word and you fall away because your root, your foundation wasn't strong. That's when we are the seed on rocky ground. We're trying to throw our faith on top of our other theologies. What other theologies? Well, I've named them a few. I've named a few of them a few times. But if you want to just be real quick. Ancestor worship, astrology and horoscopes, um, energies, vibes, vibrations. Like I, I know it as, a, as expressions, but if you truly are into vibes and mercury and retrograde and things of that nature, like those are other foundations. And so if you try to throw Jesus on top of one of those foundations, it, it impacts the root. And so you can accept what Jesus is saying, what the word is teaching, what the prophet shares with you. And then because the roots aren't deep enough, because you didn't uproot all the bad teaching, all the stuff that the word teaches against, all the stuff that the word would condemn as witchcraft. You don't uproot that stuff. Well, that area where you were trying to obey the word then falls. You, you fall away because your root in the word wasn't strong. You understand me? And that's, that's tough for people because. We love our idols. We really do. We enjoy our idols, especially when we can find meaning and make, make some meaning out of them. Um, we, you know, that, oh, that's me all day looking at a horoscope. That's me all day. Okay. Okay, child of God. Okay, person of Christ. Yeah, you're exactly what the star tells you, tells you you are. Okay. Where does it disagree with the word of God? Because if it disagrees with the word of God at all, and you submit to the description that your sign gives you, then again, foundational issue. All right, let's keep, let's keep it moving. Um, seed among thorns. Again, it's related to the word. Let's talk about the seed among thorns. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Can I be honest, y'all? This is where most believers fall. Most believers fall off because we get choked by the worries of the world and the word, the desire for wealth, the worries of wealth, like the, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. The deceitfulness of wealth will have you work seven days a week when the Lord has illustrated that we are to rest. The, the deceitfulness of wealth will have us spend our first 10 percent. Not consider the Lord, his kingdom, his word, the poor, the foreigner, the priest. Not consider prioritizing our finances in the way that the Lord would because wealth has deceived us. 
We gots to have that next TV. We gots to have that sneaker collection. We gots to have. We gots to have it. Got to get the hair done, nails done every week, every other week, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with those things if they are submitted to a faithful financial plan in Christ where he's first. And so we, if he was your auditor, right, imagine Jesus being your CPA, looking at your personal finances and saying, okay, well, our principle is, you know, seek you a kingdom. And so let's see what you spent on the kingdom here. All righty. Looking at, you know, you got your check here. All right, boom. Okay, you spent $100 here. You spent a couple hundred dollars here. Oh, that's a real nice dinner there that you had at a, what's that? Um, you know, Mojo. Okay, great. All right. Um, you know, you went to McDonald's a whole lot. All right, got that. Um, where's the stuff that benefits my kingdom? Where's the stuff? Where, where's, where's your expenses that show your heart for my kingdom? Show me this in the ledger here, right? And so the seed among thorns, man, it's those of us that let, you know, just the worries of life. Oh, man, like, what am I going to do about my job? And then you start listening to other people as opposed to, you know, the word. You know, you start listening to gurus. You know, what am I going to do about my relationship? You start taking these, like, surveys and, you know, um, these courses and these webinars that ain't centered in the word at all. You got these personality types, or Enneagram types. And, well, I don't think these match up. What, what's how's that match with the word? How does it match with the word? So this is all seed among thorns. When we're willing to allow life to choke out the fruitfulness of our faith, because we should be fruit bearing, okay? Then that's us. So let me close this out real quick, because we're coming up on an hour. To break free from fairy tale faith, we need to be like the seed on good soil because the best soil is a firm hold of the gospel. Let's look at this, this, this seed here. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. Okay, here's the word. I heard it. I understand it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This addresses each part. Like uh, it says here, the seed fall on good soil first to someone who hears the word and understands it. Well, who doesn't understand it? The one who's on the path. They don't understand it. Um, uh, this, is, and this is the one who produces a crop. Well, who didn't produce a crop? The ones uh, on the rocky ground and among thorns, they were unfruitful. And so good, the one seed planted in good ground, it produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So to break free from fairy tale faith, we got to get a hold on the principles of being good ground. We got to pursue hearing and reading the word. We got to pursue understanding it. And we got to pursue producing fruit. Anybody? Fruit trees? Ever had fruit trees? My grandma had a fruit tree. She had an apple tree at the house, uh, at my grandma's house. And so the thing, um, it had to be planted. It had to be nurtured. And it had to grow up before it could produce fruit. You don't have a plant in the ground. You don't put a tree in the ground or seeds for a tree in the ground, you know, nurture them. And as soon as that thing breaks through the ground, it produces fruit. That's not how it works. It has to continue to be cared for until enough time passes that it has matured and then it can produce fruit. And so 
Jesus, you know, if we're going to break free from this, Jesus said a couple of things that uh, are very key for us. And I want to just share those and then close out. In John chapter 16, verse 33, that's not John chapter 16. Uh, John chapter 16, Last Supper, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Um, and, and he concludes this thought saying, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Say peace. peace. In me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. One of the problems with fairy tale faith is we think that we're the one that's supposed to overcome, but it's God through Christ. It's Christ who overcomes for us, and it's him who is the victor. It's him who's the conqueror, because if we're supposed to be more than conquerors through Christ, that means the hard work, the plowing, the defeating the enemies had to be done by someone other than us. The fairy tale, you're not the hero. You're not He-Man. You're not Optimus Prime. Jesus is. You're not David. Jesus is. You're not Daniel. Jesus is. Jesus is the one who does the hard work so we can come in behind and enjoy the spoils of war. He's, he's the one. And so it says, I have overcome it. And in Matthew 28, 20, after his resurrection... He is speaking to his disciples. He's given a great commission. It's like the very last sentence. The very last sentence. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus overcomes the world and he's with us. That's what we got to understand. Jesus overcomes the world and he's with us. He's not against us. He's with us. And so if we're trying to be the hero, if we're trying to think that everything should work out the way we want it to, then we're in the way because it's not us that overcome the world. It's Christ who overcomes the world. It's not us who are with him. It's him who is with us. And so he overcomes. He's with us. A real faith walk. I'm going to close the statement. A real faith walk isn't evidenced by the absence of problems. It's not evidenced by us getting what we want but by the presence of Christ with us every moment of our lives, overcoming every obstacle, fighting every battle. And so I just want us to understand. And so because I want us to understand, I'm spending the rest of this series trying to show you from the lives of other people that God dealt with how hard life was for them but how God did the work to position them for victory. And in some cases, just did the victory. Okay? So that's where we're going to be going the next few weeks. I want you to understand. So you can be more comfortable putting yourself in the passenger seat and, and stop thinking that you need to be in the driver's seat. Be more comfortable letting yourself be good ground and not trying to be, uh, not uh, just more conscious not to allow ourselves to be these other types. Okay? So... I pray that this series will help us understand that. And with that, I want to pray. There's, there's three things I want us to be praying for. One, that this series is going to help us understand our struggles and God's presence in relation. Two, um, I'm praying that we will, uh, we will, as a body, come together in serving. There's a couple of serving opportunities, one on April 30th. I forgot to mention the one May 7th, which is uh, Revitalize Arlington. Um, the uh, food distribution the first Saturday. We haven't, I haven't been able to be at one this year because of the baby, then the family. 
Uh, and so I'm trying to reintegrate, especially ahead of this other upcoming partnership. Um, but pray that God will build us to serve in a mighty way. Um, and so we can begin by coming together next Saturday uh, for painting. And lastly, I, I mentioned this last week, let's pray for our faith. Uh, that God will unify us in our belief in this church's mission to reach people and raise them up for life in Christ. Because if you believe that and you pray for that, then you're praying that God will give us favor, including you, um, and I'll, to, to be people that are fruit bearers. Like it says this last, the good the seed is planted in good ground. Fruit bearers for the gospel. All right, so let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you and praise you for this day. I want to thank you for this message. Lord, I pray for the heart of every person that's listening. Lord, I pray for, um, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for the areas where we have succumbed to fairy tales or succumbed to witchcraft or succumbed to um, distractions, succumbed to cult thoughts or theology, succumbed to things that are, are not aligned with you and your teachings, are not aligned with the thousands of years of 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 right and righteous teaching and that has been passed down for the benefit of those of us who walk in Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would be with us. Anoint this body freshly, um, that we would come together, we would serve together, we would share together, we would support each other. We would recognize the mission is greater than us, and so the victory is yours, but we get to enjoy the process. Lord, I pray right now uh, that we would be progressively delivered from our boxes that we put you in because we thought that our faith lives were supposed to operate like a fairy tale or according to our prescription of how God should function. But we pray that you would move however you want to move, that you would do whatever you want to do, that you would change us however you want to change us, that you would lift us up any way you want to lift us up so that you can be glorified and not us. It's all about you, Jesus. And we love you. Sing your name, we pray. Amen.